Welcome, everyone, to episode number two of the Empower Good podcast. Today, I talk to Desi Hickman, a mom, wife, yogi, and business entrepreneur. Stay tuned because her story is going to rock your world. Hey, Desi, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Joel. Thanks for having me. It's really exciting to have you on here. We've been trying this for a while, but we finally have you on the podcast and it's exciting. I'm really stoked because you're a really cool person and you're doing a lot of great things and that's what Empower Good's all about. So starting off the podcast, let's do a little um, question here. What is the most influential thing that someone has ever shared with you, uh, you know, that you've either read or heard, like something that like just stands out as like, you know, when I learned that. Like when someone shared that, that it really kind of changed the way things were from in my mind and in my career. Um, you know what? One of the things that stuck out with me most, especially when I was in college, was one of my professors told me that every day is an interview. Hmm. And you never know who you're coming across, who you might be giving an impression to and treating just every single person as a legitimate, you know, opportunity for either a relationship or you never know how things are going to come hmm. around the circle. And that really has shown itself to me with the studio now because I've met so many people who hmm. I had relationships with in former circles or former experiences or who know somebody I knew. Hmm. And just approaching a lot of my interactions with that attitude, I feel like has served me well and in kind of setting me up for like continual success, kind of building my reputation and just always being mindful of that. I really like that. You know, you know, it's like a lot of people just kind of live for the moment and whatnot. And they just kind of don't think about that every, like you said, like it's like an interview with a job, but you know, cause the way you behave at, at an interview is different than you would behave around your friends. But if you think of every moment and every interaction as an interview, then you really just, you know, it's kind of like you're living in an anticipation, you're being intentional about potential opportunities, etc. And have you have you seen that, you know, play true? I mean, obviously, in your studio, but just in everyday life, like you have crazy stories and stuff like that. Yes. Yes, I've seen it really have an impact in a lot of ways. Even as far as, you know, when I I used to join or I used to be in Rotary mm -hmm. and just every single lunch, every single person that I met, I always tried to put my best foot forward and not like a fake foot, mm -hmm. just really like my best self. And the more that I did that, the more, uh, connections, authentic connections I was making and people really, they wanted to be around me. They wanted me to volunteer in their different committees and that was really how I got um, clicked into the youth exchange committee. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. You know, I think, I mean, I don't know, are you an extrovert, out, outgoing person, or are you more like an introvert? You know, that's a good question. I honestly don't know. You don't I know? I, <laughs> I used okay. to think I was an introvert. And then lately, I've been thinking I'm an extrovert. And I really think I'm just kind of somewhere in the middle, you know, because I, yeah. I don't have to be around people, but I do love it. I really love it. And I enjoy meeting especially new people. And I almost have this like little um, game I play where 
I try to find as much about a person, find out as much about them as I can in a short amount of time as possible. And I surprise my husband even with the things I've learned about his friends who he's known for years. That he doesn't even know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's really cool. The reason I asked is because I'm a natural extrovert. And, but there's obviously introverts that like freak out in large crowds or whatever. I just think of times when I've been at social gatherings and sometimes I'm really tempted to just kind of like have a glazed interaction with somebody, you know, uh, where, you know, you're talking to them and then you're just kind of being lazy socially. And, uh, you know, it's definitely probably going to be harder to be more interactive and intentional. Like you're talking about, especially if you're an introvert, but even for me, it's like that. What are some things that you've done? Like, so that you actually give everyone the benefit of that youth you treat everyone with respect and as though they have a lot to offer you and that you can a lot to offer them. Well, so there's this concept of that I've been really, especially lately thinking about and realizing how much it has subtly influenced the way I see people. And I think I have just a genuine love for people and, mm. and there's this idea of that's seeing really awesome. the good just seeing the goodness in people and realizing that, you know, each individual person that I come in contact with, I genuinely, I see them and I feel like I don't just see them external, like their external, their face and their features and things like that. But I see like what qualities they have about them. And I sometimes like to imagine you know, like, what did it take for them to get here today? You know, what did they have to, especially at the studio, mm, especially yeah. in different meetings or, or whatever, like, what have they gone through today to make it here? And just realizing that everyone is like fighting these battles and just sharing that empathy. Mm -hmm. uh, and the more I can get to know something about them, usually the quicker I can make that connection and feel even a stronger sense of empathy. So that's really a big motivation behind some of the questions I ask people and the things I want to get to know about them is because I want to connect with them. And there's always something you can connect with them, connect with someone on. You always have something in common and it's just almost like a game or, or a strategy to see how quickly you can find it. I really like how you said that, you know, when, when you're talking to somebody, is it because you feel like you have something to offer them that you are, you know, like you, th you see empathy and you realize I'm going to invest time in getting to know this person is because you feel like not that you're better than them, but you know, you just know that you've learned a lot of lessons and that you could potentially be a benefit to them. Or is it just to be like a social kind of like, Hey, I'm here with you to help, you know, like, like not, I'm not gonna do anything, but I'm just going to be there for you. What, what's the, it's actually the exact opposite. I feel like I have so much to learn from people. And I feel like every single person I come across has something to teach me. And so wow. I always want to, I always want to connect with them because I feel like they've faced things or they've approached problems or they've, they have their own, you know, set of lenses that they're viewing the world. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to get a glimpse of that. And and I feel like every time I get a chance to do that, it only like widens my perspective. And I feel like I can't widen my perspective enough. Like there's not enough mm. time in this life to do that. Man, that is really, really deep. I actually like, you know, you know how when you learn things and then like you learn something else and there's like a dot connected. I literally just had one of those. That's so cool. Really? Yeah, because there's this quote that I really, really, one of the quotes I knew I asked you in the beginning, what quote that kind of, or something that stood out to you that you've learned. 
there's a quote that I listened to on a podcast just a couple months ago where it says, don't seek to become a person of success, but rather seek to become a person of value. And, you know, that has to obviously do with the, the first part I said, like where you have something to offer people, but it's not so much like, you know, what I can give. Becoming a person of value is like, you realize that you need to continue to learn and to grow and to, and to receive, not like in a selfish way, because then you will automatically be a benefit to people. And like you're saying, you have, you have the, the spirit of a learner where you're like, you know what? you know, it doesn't matter if they're homeless or they're like really rich, like Elon Musk or, you know, successful entrepreneur, et cetera, you can gain value from them. And you know that you're the one that needs the growth. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's really awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. So you mentioned a couple of times the studio, et cetera. So I, you know, just for those who don't know you recently, as in like a year ago, you and your husband started a yoga studio in Clovis, California. Just give us a brief overview of like, Actually, before I go there, I want to ask you this. Before the yoga studio, because it's, it's like gone like skyrocketed and it's been awesome following you and, the, and everything that's going on. But before that, like, did you always see yourself doing like being an entrepreneur, starting, starting a business, being a yoga instructor and whatnot? Like before OTY, like what was your vision? What would you feel like your life calling was, I guess? Um, you know what? I... I definitely did not see myself being an entrepreneur. Never, 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 never. Not even up until the day we were opening did I. I I feel like I don't even like even be like not even in the planning stages. Like you're like I just couldn't like spit those words out because I just did not identify with that. Hmm. Who I saw as entrepreneurs, I did not mm-hmm. identify those qualities and characteristics with myself. Gotcha. And before that, before Old Town Yoga, I was a stay-at-home mom before that I was working in counseling school counseling Mm -hmm. and I had gone to school I was very much like go to college get a degree Mm. you know that's the path to take and I I was very passionate about it ask anybody who knew Mm -hmm. me at that time I was very passionate about it you're always grilling me about that stuff too (laughs) and knowing how to interview and resumes and blah, 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 and all that. And it's all that stuff I still feel is very valuable, but I've had a huge shift in the last year and a half or so. Hmm. But no, I did not see myself becoming an entrepreneur, not even close. Wow. That's, that's really crazy. So like, then the obvious question is like, how did that change? Did you start OTY or old time yoga because you just loved yoga and you wanted to do more of it? Or was it because, you know, what was the reason, like, how did that switch came, you know, come about? It was very organic. And it's kind of funny to even use that word. Cause sometimes I feel like that's one of those like word cliche words of Uh organic, organic, but it was. And I, after my son was born, so I have um, a five-year-old and as of actually Monday, be five and then I have a two-year-old and so when he was born I've I've never been into fitness never I mean I tried I tried my whole family does Mm -hmm. sports I tried every sport and I was terrible and so I kind of resigned myself to the fact that I would just never be really athletic and after I had my son I was like well I have to do something to Mm -hmm. you know get back into shape and just you know, find some fitness and some help. And I had a lot of motivation with my son to do that. And so I started doing this 
little exercise program that had a yoga workout in mm-hmm. it. And I loved that day. I always looked forward to that day. And so I started doing more of it, started looking on YouTube, trying to find more. And then I just went down the rabbit hole and I found this platform that had classes I loved. And after practicing with them for a while, a couple of years, actually, I was then pregnant again with my daughter, decided, I mean, I couldn't practice when I was pregnant. That's a whole different story. But I decided that I wanted to get back into it like full force when I was done with my pregnancy. Hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to see if they have a teacher training. So I looked up, I was 38 weeks pregnant, which if you're not familiar, 40 weeks is full term. That's so that's about to pop. Basically. So I was about to pop. <laughs> I signed up for their teacher training. I had my daughter in October. Their teacher training started in January. Oh, wow. So October 2015, my daughter was born. January 2016, I started my teacher training, and it was about four and a half hours from where I live. So I was driving four and a half hours one way with my entire family, my husband, my two-year-old son, and my three-month-old daughter. I would like nurse on my breaks. My husband would bring me my daughter. I would be oh. on my breaks. I would be pumping when I couldn't nurse her. Yeah. And he was just, you know, totally holding down the fort. Eventually I started going. It was a 10 month process. It was one weekend a month for 10 months. Oh, and yeah. towards the end of it, I was getting really sad. Because I knew that this time was of learning was ending this time of community and connection with all of these students with the studio I love down there and that I was not going to be able to, and down there is Redlands. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a, a ways away from Fresno, Clovis. And I was not going to be able to practice in this setting that I just loved. Mm-hmm. And there was there weren't any yoga studios in Clovis at the time. There were a few in Fresno. There are a few in Fresno. Okay. Um, I just didn't have like this, this like strong connection. Like I did with the studio in Redlands and I wanted uh, to practice and I wanted to feel passionate about inviting people to come practice at a studio that I was just like 110% sold on. Yeah. I didn't because one thing one thing is attending yourself and then the other is like hey y'all need to check out this place and you didn't have any anything like that in in the area there was nothing and Hmm. so Clovis Clovis had nothing and so there was a few a few uh ideas where we were kind of tossing around like well why don't you my husband's like why don't you open a studio and I was like that is so ridiculous like I don't even have my certification you know, he was telling me this in August, I was supposed to get my certification in October, right around my first birthday. And he was like, well, just take a look around. I had started working at GB3. I was teaching group classes and Mm -hmm. they were going really, really well. Um, I was having quite a bit of like success attendance wise. Mm -hmm. And so he was even more like sold on the fact that like we could pull this off. So I went uh, around old town, looked around for some spaces and, you know, this, the, this, the story is so crazy because how fast everything happened. 
we found a space, we signed a lease. It was just so quick. And it was almost like you didn't even have a lot of time to chew on it. It was like, and I feel like that was a good thing. I feel like it was a good thing. Cause if I like overthink it, mm-hmm. I think I might not have done it if I was overthinking it. So before we knew it, I'm like, I have a three-year lease on this place. And <laughs> you better start opening it. <laughs> we better start getting our ducks in a row. And so it, things just went from there. And that's crazy. It was, it's been really crazy. Yeah, I I I feel I kind of feel like the same way when it comes to the podcast and Power Good Podcast. It, it was just like a million series of events that was like literally totally organic, and I just realized I was like, "Whoa!" Like I need to do this because I'm passionate about it. It'll benefit a lot of people, etc. Now, when you when you think of you know old time yoga, I was looking at your feed the other day, or this is probably like a month or so ago, and this kind of goes to the next question, which is, "What's your favorite part of?" owning your own business for the purpose of helping others because yoga obviously benefits people in many different ways. There was a story that you shared where somebody had actually come up to you and said, you basically saved my life. Like mm-hmm. your yoga studio saved my life. And there's all kinds of, you know, there's the physical paycheck, which, you know, you guys are doing really well. Uh, but then there's also like paychecks come in different ways. Like, thank you so much. Or like, it's fun working with your staff and, you know, having hangouts and stuff. There's different ways that you get rewarded of, you know, initiating something like a business. But like, what's your favorite part? Like, what's the biggest like non-monetary paycheck? And then kind of maybe even comment on that story of where she was like, you saved my life. Well, I think there's two things that are just incredible to me that when I stop and think about, we now have 10 teachers. Wow. One administrative assistant. How long have you been uh, doing your studio? We've, we opened December, 2016. So barely like a year and so two months. A year and like two months. Yeah. Wow. In fact, a year and two months, basically today, December 10th was our grand opening. December 12th was our first day of like normal operations. That's awesome. So, um, but the two things I think that are the most powerful is I, I've always heard like politicians talk about like, I've created this many jobs and I've created this many jobs. And one day at our team meeting, I was sitting there and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, I have literally created jobs. You're like, my name is uh, Desi Hegman and I've created jobs for America. <laughs> I, I am literally a job creator. That's I'm, awesome. I can't believe that. You're contributing and, to society and the American you know, government and run for president, Desi, run for president. <laughs> this <laughs> is 2024 yeah yeah <laughs> no but I'll vote, I'll vote for you <laughs> thank you that's one so I think that it's it, that is really powerful and mm. I also feel a very strong sense of responsibility because I'm directly affecting these people's lives and mm. their their the quality of their workplace you know I feel mm. so appreciative especially uh, for the employees who have been with me since the beginning, I feel just immense, immense gratitude. It's been an incredible experience. And I think on the surface, a lot of really amazing things, but it's been, it's been a painful process. You know, there's been a lot of growing pains and, you know, I feel like marriage is probably the most challenging relationship you'll ever have in your life. Mm. And outside of that, a business owner, boss to employee relationship is next because it's, it's just learning how to more than, more than the in-laws. 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's just learning how to work with different personalities. And I had never been a boss. I'd never been in any kind of really like leadership position. Mm -hmm. And that has been like a big challenge for me learning these things. And, you know, I even hesitate to share that because it's been, that's probably been one of my weakest areas, but the, the people I have worked with since day one have been so incredibly just gracious, loving, supportive. And I think that that has been such a huge contributing factor to where we are now. That's so awesome. Key people, those key people, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's really awesome. And, uh, I, I really like that because in what I do, my favorite part is actually meeting people and working with people. And even in the past experiences that I've done, I did a lot of mentorship work with nonprofits, et cetera. And it's those friendships that I made. And then the people that I got to work with, actually one of my friends that I work with just got married yesterday. So it's just so awesome to see them like succeeding and know that I had a part in that. Um, that's really, really awesome. Comment real quick on the person that came up to you and uh, thanked you. I think that was a really cool and story. So then that's the other, that's the other, part. So affecting these like employees has been amazing to me. And then affecting these students' lives. I've had numerous, numerous accounts of people, in particular that one girl who she had been practicing at the studio for months and months and months and was very hard on the surface. Mm. And and I just I I make it my mission that even if they don't, if they act like they don't want to be talked to or loved or mm you know, made friends, you know, make friends with them or whatever. They, they're kind of arm's length. I'm like, I know deep down they want it. Who does not yeah. want that love? Oh, that we're all crying for it. We're all crying for it. We all need help. And it's tempting, it's, it's tempting for us to look at somebody, you know, and judge them by the way they look, et cetera, act and be like, oh yeah, you know, whatever. But if you really think about it, we're all crying for help, really. 100%. And so that's why I just, I, I feel like in that way, I'm almost relentless. And, I, and especially I love when, they it. I love it. Back, when they keep coming back to me, it's just, that's confirmation. Like, oh, they want more. They want, they want me to ask more questions. They want, and even if they still act like, you know, and I would never have guessed with this girl, but she, she moved, her job took her to another city. And when she was leaving, she wrote me this heartfelt letter and she gave it to me. She gave me a hug. She would not let go. And she was crying. Wow. I was like, what is going on? And she goes, I just want to tell you, like, this studio saved my life. I got, I had gotten out of a terrible relationship. I had zero self-worth when I started coming here and it has affected my life in a way I never expected. And wow. I was just so overwhelmed and, and honored. And I felt like, my job is done. Like one, just that one person, you know, and yep. it's been so many more than that even. Wow. That is really, really cool to hear. And uh, I think, you know, for myself and those listening, et cetera, you know, they'll, that's what it's really about. You know, like you don't see those paychecks all the time, those non-monetary non paychecks, but that's what I strive for. I mean, I literally, I tell people when they even just simple comments, they message me on my Instagram, et cetera. It's just, and I'm just like, man, like hashtag humbled thank you. This is my paycheck. Like this means so much to me because that really what, what drives me. And I can tell it does the same thing for you because it's really about people. And I love the word that you used relentless. And I think that's so powerful. It's so powerful because, you know, we got to look at people and not judge them in our minds. And 
many times we're tempted to keep what we have to ourselves because we we're comfortable in our own, you know, own skin. And we just, you know, we're, we're having a decent life ourselves, but like what you said, we got to be relentless in almost pursuing people. Yes. Knowing that they, you know, even though you said we're learning from them, but what we have, like the lessons we've learned are learned, not just for ourselves, but for other people as well. Oh, wow. That's so powerful. That's really, really awesome. Um, one, a couple of last questions here. So in, 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 in your business, obviously, you know, you have to go out of your comfort zone. You have to, you know, you started the business, you've taken your talents public, right? You didn't even know that you liked yoga, right? And it just kind of happened upon you. Right. How, how has, you know, you can, you can be an impact to those who are in your studio, you, the, your staff and the people that come to your studio, your, your students. But there's also like the sphere three of influence where you like go beyond that and you you almost reached those that don't even like, I, I don't even live in Fresno, but I'm reached by your social media accounts, right? You know, I hear your stories, I hear the, the impacts and I'm inspired, et cetera. How has social media been an instrument role in kind of either maybe even growing your business, but also just in a, in a way of like helping those who are not exactly right there in the studio, or maybe even reminding people to come back to the studio if they haven't been there in a while or something. Right. Yeah, social media has been very powerful because it has basically been 95% of our marketing. Wow. From day one, we started our our Instagram and our Facebook. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, I know I have so many so many growth opportunities with Instagram and Facebook and, you know, specialized content for each page and blah, 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 all this stuff. Uh, There's so many areas that I could grow in, but I feel like one of the things that we are very strong in is delivering a very authentic, loving voice that is so in line with the experience you get at the studio Mm. that every post, every thing we put out is is coming from like that that culture that we've developed at the studio mm-hmm. in person and so it's so warm it's so inviting and even before the doors opened we started pushing that message out so yeah. constantly posting stuff about about the people and share being very transparent, sharing one thing I'm always interested in when I see new businesses or even local businesses is who owns this place? Like how did mm-hmm. this get started? I'm always curious about that. And yeah. I wanted to share that from the get go. And so right away we were sharing about who our teachers were going to be, what their stories are, who the owners are, how, what the story is of the studio. And I think people really gravitated towards it because there was just so much transparency about the process. We would show pro- the process of the renovations. So show the process. I remember the time lapses. Yes. <laughs> the good and floor. All that stuff. People loved it because they felt like they were part of it. We, we started doing a student spotlight right away when we opened. Yeah, I like that. We, shine, we spotlight a student who and, and talk a little bit about their background. And so it's been a way to connect and really show people who haven't been to the studio what it's like if you come then people who have been they feel so a part of the community they're so invested emotionally and they just they have like a sense of pride that I couldn't like you couldn't pay for 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and they become these like ambassadors for us, reposting stuff, sharing stuff constantly. And then the reviews on Facebook have been a huge instrument in, you know, you know, solidifying our reputation. We have like over 70 five-star reviews on Facebook. Wow. That's awesome. Do you yeah. solicit those or has that literally been like organic? It's been organic. Just literally yesterday was the first time I posted on my own Instagram, like, go give us a review if you love us. That was like, and I didn't even do that on our studio page. I just did it on mine. Yeah. And that's the first time I've ever asked really for reviews. Most of them have been, 99% of them have been just completely on their own. That's really, really cool. Um, quick question. You know, a lot of people, you know, and, and the people listening here, uh, the goal, you know, is be to inspire somebody to like yourself and myself to go out of your comfort zone and to start something, whether it's a business, whether it's a YouTube channel, podcast or whatever. One of the things is that the number one objections that I hear when I talk to people about this, is they're afraid of creating original content. Like I can't write a blog post every day. I can't, you know, I don't have time to make an original video every day or, or whatever. Um, what percentage of your content that you put out and the, the, the stuff that you give out on your social media is originally created content versus like documentation and just like process oriented? Um, that's a great question. Just because just I, I don't know 100%, but I would guess most of it is process and just what's happening. Most of it is that just studio life day to day. Here's a student, here's the lobby, you know, and probably I would say about 60%, maybe 70% is that. And then the, the rest 30, 40% is we're creating content. And like, I have a, a student who's a photographer. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of students who are photographers, but one of them in particular we exchange her membership for five images a month. And she, whenever she comes to take a class, that's awesome. She just snaps five pictures and they're really beautiful. And not every one of our pictures is this high quality image, like the ones she provides us, mm-hmm. but it's enough that we have content stored up for a, a day when maybe we don't have a, an image of what's going on in the studio. And we're like, Hey, let's use one of these ones. And it basically is process and it is what's going on day to day, but it's just not that day, but it works. You know, I think that's, that's a great deal that she's getting though, like a whole membership for five photos uh, a month. I feel like we're getting a great deal because she's just, she's so high quality and yeah, I, it is, it's a good, it's a good um, barter. It's a good I, barter. I like, I like the word barter. It's really cool. I'm doing some of that myself. And yeah. so I think, I think that's really awesome. Um, one, one last question that I have for you is, you know, just kind of summing everything up because I, I, I live by the philosophy that you can't share what you don't have. And we kind of touched on this in the beginning, uh, you know, with the most influential thing that you've learned, uh, learn, you can't share with, if you, if you don't learn. And so what, what are some things that you practically do as a business owner, as a wife, as a mom, you know, do you watch videos? Do you, listen to podcasts. I mean, like, what do you do? Because, you know, like when I say the word self-improvement, self-education, self-development, like what comes to mind? And then just a few quick practical resources, you know, specific or just in general, what do you do to become a better you so you can help other people? That's a broad, that's a really broad question because for me, there's so, there's so much, 
I know. I'm the same way. (laughs) For me, it's like, man, I recently, I have been really tight with my schedule, Mm. really tight with my time and realizing the value of my time even more than money because time is not a renewable resource. Money is renewable. You can generate money. You can work, you can hustle, you can do these things, but every moment that passes is gone forever. That is so true. I'm trying to really be mindful of how I'm spending my time and be protective of it. And there are only so many minutes, hours in the day, and I want every one of them to be doing something that is that I want to be doing. So spending time with my kids spending time growing myself professionally in, you know, leadership Mm -hmm. qualities, as well as continuing. I'm a yoga teacher. I want to continue to get better as a yoga teacher, mobility training, learning more about functional anatomy, body mechanics, like constantly learning stuff that can be applied to my classes, but then Mm -hmm. also at the same time, learning stuff that can be applied to the business, those leadership qualities, learning more about like marketing, like you, man, you got so many areas you got to learn. So many, there's so much. And really it's exciting. And if you have something that excites you, it's not hard to mm-hmm. study it. It's really not hard to study it. So I've noticed the things that don't excite me and I've been really trying to not be a martyr and put myself yes. learning it and, and, and get help with those things. Mm-hmm. And so one of those things is email marketing. Mm-hmm. I'm just, that's like not my jam. And so I'm like wanting to connect with someone who can help me with that. And so it's just about finding people who are going to be good at helping you with the things that you don't really want to learn. Cause really anyone can learn anything, but it's like, what do you want to spend your time learning? Yeah. So just really that time management, making sure as many minutes of my day are uh, spent doing what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. And not even necessarily like in a selfish way, but you choosing the things that you enjoy doing. And uh, I, I just love that concept. That concept has really revolutionized my life as well. You know what, Joel? I, just what? like one of the things I recently did that was so hard for me. What? I got for the first time someone to clean my house for the really? first time in my entire life. And it almost killed me because my identity as like a mom, a wife, as a woman, always been these very domestic related chores and tasks. Wake up, feed the kids, clean the house, do laundry, all these Mm -hmm. things. And now things have shifted so drastically and so quickly that I had to come to terms with the fact that, you know, being a business owner and becoming, you know, the best yoga teacher in the world, which is what I want to become. Yeah. That's where my sights are set, whatever that is. That's awesome. Basically just becoming the best I could possibly become is not compatible with being a 100% stay-at-home mom. Those are two different things. And I've had a really hard time swallowing those those different Mm -hmm. identities and figuring out where I need help and and where I want to actually be spending my time. I I don't want to spend four hours cleaning my house top to bottom and... I, I now have the resources to be able to get help with that. So I can spend my time other in other ways, you know, continuing to further my own professional development. And, but it was still a very, very hard pill to swallow. And I'm still kind of coming around to the fact that someone's cleaning my house now every couple of weeks. It's kind of got to be vulnerable there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so hard. So hard. 
I think that's so awesome. You know, like I, I always, you know, when I was in le- some leadership positions before I, somebody told me once and they said, you know, don't get, um, it's not, that was a different one. They said, basically don't do anything that someone else can do, you know, cause like a lot of people can clean the house, but not everyone can be the leader and, you know, like run the studio or take care of your kids, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's really, really cool that you're able to do that. Um, and whatnot. So, wow. Thank you so much for, man, we can go on forever. Because uh, you're even literally bringing so much value and whatnot, but I want to leave everybody wanting more. So how can they get more? I know that you share a lot of tips and tricks and things that you're learning along the way on your personal account and on your OTY account. Uh, how can people get a hold of you? And so I'm, I'm sure on, you don't mind them hitting you up and stuff. Yes, we're on Instagram. The studio is Old Town Yoga Clovis. And that's on Instagram. And then I have my own Instagram Desiree Manzanares Heckman. I don't know if my maiden name's on there, but my handle is Desi. <laughs> Hashtag <Rose>. complicated. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Complicated. No, my my handle's Desi Rose, but it has two underscores between the Desi and the Rose. So just find us on our on our studio page, and then it, you'll see me on there. Also on our website, mm-hmm. I have a blog. And oh, so nice. I've written once a month for almost the past year, so it's not a ton of a ton of uh, posts, but it's enough. And there's a lot of stuff, just process and things I've learned. It's not so much yoga related as it is journey related. So I've had a great time doing that. That's so awesome. What's the website? It's oldtownyogastudio.com. That's really awesome. And of course, we'll have all that information in the uh, show notes as well, Uh, you know, written out with links and everything. So thank you so much, Desi, for joining. And uh, it's been awesome. Maybe we'll have to do a 2.0 later in the future and get more updates and more value. But I I really, really appreciate it. And it's been awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joel. I appreciate it. This is my first podcast interview. So this this is really exciting. Thank you. Wow, what an inspiring episode. I really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking time to listen. You know, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, as well as visit empowergood.org to get all the latest updates on episodes coming up and other exciting things that happen. We'll see you in the next episode and remember to empower good.